one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash nuclear revenge video. Let me tell you guys, it would be a nuclear waste not to hit the like and subscribe buttons down below. But that being said, our first story of the day is by our Husba, Thieving Roommate Gets What's Coming to Him. So many years ago, while I was still a teen, I moved out of my parents' place to live across the street from my junior college. There were many students in the building, so I rented a room in a large basement, three-bedroom unit that was reserved for students at the school. I didn't really know anyone in the building, as it was on the other side of the city from where I grew up. At the time, there was one other roommate already living in the unit who we'll call Sean. To be kind, Sean was a short, fat putz. Older than myself by a few years, he was in some kind of simplified remedial program, as he'd failed a couple of school years and mentioned how this was his last chance to make something of himself in his parents' eyes. Kind of dim, not too much going on in his life, but harmless, or so I thought. Anyways, I was hoping to start things off on the right foot with him as he was to be my roommate, so I wanted to be friends. As I was moving in my stuff, he mentioned how he had no money for a moving van, so I offered to do a trip with my rented van to his parents if he needed any help moving some stuff of his. He happily accepted, so we drive to his parents where I meet his mother and discover that he's from a somewhat affluent family. Somewhat surprising considering he's too broke to hire a van, but whatever. Couple days later, I meet his nice girlfriend who lived up the hill from our apartment. Translation, she was extremely affluent. This girlfriend would dote on him, visit him a lot at our place, to the point where she would regularly hand deliver him delicious meals that had been prepared at her house. This will be important later. Anyways, it slowly becomes apparent that this unassuming guy has a dishonest streak. While moving in my stuff, I'd mentioned that I had a spare waterbed. He immediately offered to buy it, so I moved it in myself and set it up with the agreement. He'd pay me a friend price, around $200 for a $700 bed. Weeks pass, and he keeps giving me excuses about not paying whenever the subject comes up. He then starts randomly shifting the narrative to a story about how his wealthy parents can pay for us to get a great condo in a new development just up the street. I remember wondering why his parents would make such an offer despite the fact we've just moved into our current apartment. The story didn't make sense. Nevertheless, he constantly tried to set up some visit with me and get me involved. I wasn't really interested in moving again at that point, so I never really pursued it. I learned later that this was not only a lie, but a typical ploy of his. Anyways, as I just moved out of my old neighborhood, I hadn't opened up a new bank account, this was before internet banking, in this new part of town. So I was keeping my money, couple hundred, hidden in my room until I set up an account nearby. I was only loosely keeping track of this money and barely noticed how my money was going a little quickly. Until one day, I go to get my last $40 and it's gone. Unfortunately, by this point, a third roommate had moved into our flat, a cool hippie dude from Maritimes, so although I was convinced it was Sean that had robbed me, I wasn't 100% sure. To resolve things as amicably as possible, I decided to give him a chance to come clean. 
So one night I asked him point blank, fairly casually, if he'd taken my money, as I'd noticed a small amount was missing. I'll never forget his reaction. He immediately stiffened, his eyes glazed over, and he blurted out, I didn't take anything, it wasn't me, and just stared at me. I was shocked. He didn't just look guilty, his reaction had such a rehearsed quality. I could tell he'd been accused of similar things many times before. I tried my best to be calm, smile, and act as if I'd believed him, but inside I was livid. I couldn't stop thinking about how this guy was trying to play me like a fool. I realized that although I knew it was him, I couldn't do anything about it as I had no proof. By this point, I felt sick to be living in the same space as this guy. I realized to get out of this situation and deal with this jerk appropriately, I would have to lay a trap. To make sure he didn't suspect anything, the next day, I was all smiles. Playing dumb, I exclaimed loudly how, I hope I don't lose my money again, I just got paid, and leave the apartment. Before I left, I made sure to leave my video camera filming my room. This was so long ago, it was a huge butt VHS tape camera that I had to hide on my bed, under pillows and stuff, but it still worked like a charm. I came back, replayed the tape, and 16 minutes in, I see that freaker going through my stuff. I tell you, I went cold as ice seeing Sean casually rifle through my things. My suspicions confirmed. I had to cool off with my friends across town over some beers. When I finally told them all what was happening, they started pulling out bats, hockey sticks, and suggesting we go pay Sean a visit. As tempting as this was, I was now in college and didn't want to resort to messy violence, so instead I plotted my revenge. The first thing I did was to make sure my cool hippie third roommate was in the loop. Not having had a lot of time to get to know him, I asked him his thoughts on retribution and if he agreed with an eye for an eye. Confident we were on the same page, I showed him the video. He freaks out over having a fee for a roommate, but I reassure him to just be cool, cause things are going to happen to Sean real soon. Then I went to stay at my parents' house and waited until Thursday. You see, Sean liked to talk a lot. Turns out his rich parents had actually kicked him out of the house. The fact that he'd actually found an apartment and gone back to school was a big success for him. On Thursday, he'd be out of the apartment as his parents were having a big congratulatory dinner for him at their place. So I waited until I knew the dinner was underway, then called his house to speak to his mother. Crazy thing is, both he and his sister pick up the phone at the same time. So while sister goes to get his mom on the line, he's asking me loudly, Why are you calling my mother? Repeatedly. His mother gets on, and while Sean's screaming at his mother to hang up, I calmly state, I'm sorry to disturb you, but I have reason to believe your son has stolen from me. Suddenly, there's dead silence. After almost a minute, she replies with, Take it up with Sean, and just hangs up. What the freak? I don't know what reaction I expected, but it wasn't that. Anyways, now with just Sean on the line, I tell him the jig is up. I have him on tape and I want my money back. He replies, you have nothing on me, freak you. At this point I realize, he's right. I'd really only filmed him rifling through my stuff. If I went to the police, the charges wouldn't stick and there was a good chance he knew it. So by this point, I'd tried very hard to be reasonable about things, but as it was, his rich parents couldn't care less. I had no real proof to go to the police station with, and worst of all, I still had a year-long lease to live with him. So screw that crap. I told him he'd better find another place to live and hung up the phone as it was time to go nuclear on his butt. 
Remember how I said the putts talk too much? Turns out he bragged about how he faked his credentials for the apartment and the landlord had never checked. So the first step was to drive with my folks to the landlord's office and tell them to evict him for theft immediately. When they start telling me crap like, we'll have to take some time to review this matter, I immediately threaten a lawsuit over how they're liable as I can prove they never did the prescribed background check. My landlord goes pale and instantly promises everything I ask, and then take this moment to go downstairs for a minute, a statement witnessed by multiple people, I then go to Sean's room and take thousands of dollars of his expensive crap, stereo, TV, hockey jerseys, cologne, etc., and put it all outside on our enclosed slash hidden fire escape, and then go straight back upstairs, hello alibi, and leave with my folks. First chance I get, I call my friends with the bats. Hey guys, who wants a new wardrobe and entertainment system? I give them the instructions on how to find all of Sean's stuff hidden in the unused back alley and chill with my parents for the next three to four days. Upon my return to the apartment, I'm greeted with awe by a highly entertained hippie roommate who gave me the play-by-play of what went down in my absence. Apparently Sean returned from his dinner to an empty room devoid of any of his possessions causing him to rampage through the apartment and curse my name. When Hippie innocently asked, what's wrong, Sean? He tells him that I stole all his stuff, but that his dad would get it back for him, as if. The next morning, his alarm clock was the landlord walking into his room and showing it to a potential tenant while informing him he was evicted immediately. He would later be dumped by his rich girlfriend who was buying his groceries. You haven't changed, Sean, again with the lying and cheating and disowned very publicly by his well-to-do dad. Indeed, his dad had come to the apartment only to tell Sean he was worthless and that, despite his crying and begging, he could not live back at the house. Desperate, Sean followed his dad outside and jumped on the hood of the car, pleading to go home. The dad had to drive to a nearby police station to have him removed. Last thing I heard, he was broke, dropped out of school, dumped by girlfriend, and camping in a friend's backyard in a tent in Canada in November. This was definitely a pretty nuclear revenge. This dude went from being able to live comfortably in a nice place and steal a hundred plus bucks to all of a sudden having to backpack it in a tent in Canada in the winter. Do you think the outcome for Sean in this story fits their actions? Did Sean deserve all that happened to him? Let me know what you think in the comments down below. And our final story of the day is by Effective Fix 3235 Never Piss Off a Rich Redneck. This is a story about my grandparents' friend. I was a young teen, but given the outcome, this story is stuck with me. I've sat on this story for a while, but it's so satisfying to see a gaggle of Karens taken down a notch that I figured I'd share. For the sake of this story, we'll call my grandparents' friend William. Now, my grandparents knew William from way back. My grandmother knew him from school, and my grandfather met him after marrying my grandmother. Anyways, in the 60s, grandma was a manager at the 7-Eleven. William led a crew that went there every day. It was the only gas station in a 30-minute radius, so everyone knew everyone in that sleepy, coastal town kind of way. Now, one day, William was doing a job down on the waterfront and slipped, fell, and broke his back. While he was healing from the operation and was broke as a joke, my grandma would always make sure to send him something to eat that she'd pay for when the crew would come in to grab their snacks and gas up, knowing William would simply skip the meal to save money for his own family. My grandpa also took him to several doctor appointments since William couldn't drive for a while. 
and his tiny little wife couldn't wrangle him into a car by herself. William never forgot that. 20 years later, when he sold off his now very successful business and was a millionaire about 20 times over, he promptly told 90% of the world to go to heck, but kept those that had always been there for him close. Meanwhile, he never moved from the house that he'd had since before he was rich. His only concessions to his wealth were trips with his wife to see the world and buying up quite a few acres of the forested land around him. If you weren't his friend, you'd take him for every other blue-collar worker in the town. There was absolutely nothing obvious to show that he was worth tens of millions of dollars. After his wife died in the 90s, William decided to take up a new hobby. As he lived outside of the city limits, he set up a sawmill and woodworking shop, got all the proper permits and everything. The saws were in a big old enclosed building in the middle of all that land, so in all honesty, no harm no foul, right? Wrong. The family that owned the forest behind William's land had just sold it to developers. Thus, the new luxury-gated neighborhood, the first in the area, was born. Enter a plethora of chads and Karens who were mostly from up north and had moved down south to take advantage of the better weather and nearby beach. It didn't take long before they decided to take offense to his little business venture on the other side of the 10-foot-tall wall of their neighborhood because it didn't fit with the image of their community. You know, the community he was decidedly not a part of. So they sued him. Didn't even try to start a dialogue with him, just up and sued him. William was livid. He was your typical coastal redneck and he would be darned if those darn Yankees told him what to do on his own property that was not within city limits nor located in an HOA. William countered with professional noise studies that showed that some of the kids in that neighborhood drove vehicles that made more ambient noise than his little operation. Nope. The people in the neighborhood simply threw more money at the lawyers to continue on with the lawsuit. Essentially, their plan was to bleed him dry. Their lawyers, who were not locals, actually told William's lawyer that he probably should advise his client to close the shop so that he wouldn't end up bankrupt due to the resources being thrown at him from the homeowners. Due to the relatively modest surroundings of his home, the neighbors nor their lawyers had any idea that the man was actually richer than just about all of them put together. All they saw was an older dude who drove a beat up 80s model truck and wore Dickies jeans and work shirts that lived in what appeared to be a relatively modest home, especially compared to their McMansions. When William's lawyer told him about that conversation, William lost his freaking mind. I clearly remember his screeching into my parents' driveway in that old work truck, cussing up a storm and ranting and raving before he even got in the house. He came to our house, why? Because my grandmother, bless her heart, was known as one of the most giving people in the world. Unless you pissed her off. If you hurt her or someone she cared for, she became one of the most vindictive jerks that could be found in that town. I'm not kidding when I say that her ability for revenge served cold was legendary amongst the locals. So William had come to the house for a dose of her deviousness. Us kids weren't allowed inside during that conversation, but after he left that day, I later heard the adults talking about how he proceeded to hire quite a few private investigators to see if there would be any dirt to dig up on them. By them, I mean the dozens of people in that neighborhood that were part of that lawsuit. 
Lo and behold, there were apparently copious amounts of dirt to be had. I still remember him positively crowing about it to my grandparents one fine summer day months later. That 60-something-year-old man was as gleeful as the proverbial kid on Christmas morning. Why? Because after he learned what his little private army dug up, he started making some phone calls to various acquaintances in high places. The ensuing fallout meant that the lawsuit was dropped. There was quite a list of misdeeds that were discovered, but the ones that I heard talked about by the adults that stick out are, there were more than a handful of individuals that owed back child support. William very helpfully had the private investigators provide the mother's updated address and employment information so that they could pursue said child support slash garnishment if they wanted to. On top of that, the IRS became very interested in several of those people, as well as various other neighbors. Finally, one household ended up in prison because the investigators realized that they were drug dealers. The pictures of the transactions caught by the PIs were helpfully handed over to the sheriff's department. Drugs are bad, kids. Moral of the story, never piss off a rich redneck. I mean, in my eyes, don't piss off somebody that you literally cannot control anyways. And nowadays with social media the way it is, I bet in a lot of situations where somebody tries to bleed another person dry like this can get exposed a little bit and get some good social media outrage going on. Wouldn't necessarily fix the problem, but it probably would give a lot of those people that are pursuing this a lot more shame in the eyes of a lot of people. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.